Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to Lore Watch, a roundtable freeform discussion about the lore and the games of Blizzard Entertainment. I'm Ann Stickney, one of two lore-focused writers from Blizzard Watch, and I've got one of my normal co-hosts with me today and a fill-in. But um, first, let's just go ahead and introduce the regular co-host, and that would be Joe Perez. Hey, Joe, how's it going? It's going okay. How about yourself? Pretty good. I heard you had boat races today. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm a little shocked that, in of all things, my city had power boat races. And I, I don't mean like little tiny boats. We're talking like the big ones you see in movies. Oh, there, okay. There so had... it was like speed boats? Yeah. Okay. And there had to be like maybe 50 or 60 of them all racing each other today. It was mind-boggling to me. See, when you told me about this, I thought it was like RC boats or something. No, we're talking like full-size, like oh. these people These people have more money than they know what to do with kind of boats. That's, that's even more annoying. That's wonderful. Um, yeah. Okay, so our second co-host to fill in today for Matt Rossi, who's out, is uh, Mitch. So Mitch, hi, how you doing? Hello, and surprise, I'm here. <laughs> I'm doing well. Um demon hunters are out and it's awesome yeah well um that actually ties into what we're going to be talking about today we were going to cover the tomb of sargeras audio drama but since rossi is out i'm going to delay talking about that because i really want to pick his brain about a bunch of stuff <laughs> that was in there so this week we're actually going to be talking about demon hunters and demon hunter lore specifically um especially since they just came out. People can play through the starting experience now, and there's a lot to play in there, and there's a lot to play through in there. Um, Joe, have you played a Demon Hunter yet? Uh, oh, yeah. I've been pretty much only logging into the Demon Hunter right now. <laughs> okay, what did you think of the starting experience, like, lore-wise? Uh, so I thought it was very interesting because it, I mean, it fits cinematics, (laughs) the cinematics with one exception, uh, those cinematics were absolutely gorgeous and wonderful. My only gripe was I didn't like that the Harbinger one was crammed in there. Oh yeah. 
I yeah, liked it. That, I liked I, the fact it, that they in- incorporated it in the game. I felt that where they put it in, though, didn't make sense. Like, if they would have done it earlier, it would have been, okay, I understand what's going on there. Uh, but when they were doing it later, I was like, uh, okay. Context-wise, it made sense to me, but we can get into that in a minute. Um, Mitch, obviously... I mean, oh, yeah. you write our Demon Hunter columns, so I'm assuming you're playing a Demon Hunter. Oh, yeah, and I'm loving it. It's a lot of fun. Um, it's, what, it's also really fun messing with the transmog, too. What did you think of the whole lore aspect of it all? Uh, so, like, the second I started up a Demon Hunter and saw the opening cinematic, um, I think I tweeted about it because I was freaking out because I was not expecting that. I was only expecting Broken Shore, uh, and that was awesome. Um, yeah, so, you know, I played through the starting zone a number of times on beta and alpha, but, uh, to actually have it live and to see what kind of happened, uh, after we, the cinematics definitely added, they added a lot to it. Yes. I mean, I mean, they weren't super long or anything either, but like, I was always kind of curious what happened when we got, like, I knew what happened when we got back, we got captured, but I was kind of curious how that went and it was really cool to see it play out with you know, right at the end of Black Temple. Yeah, I really like that touch. I thought that was actually kind of nifty where like you get to see that scene from an outsider's perspective and that's how they tied it all together. I thought that was very clever. Yeah, definitely. So um, as far as the Harbinger cinematic goes, um, obviously, you know, you're dealing with the fact that Illidan is gone and you're kind of, by default, de facto, the new leader of the Demon Hunters, which is sort of what happens with the whole class hall situation. Um, You, as a member of your class and as a hero of your class, you become kind of the new de facto leader of that particular faction of whatever your class happens to be. Um, You do choose a leader as well. Well, no, no. What you're doing is you're choosing a second-in-command. So you have two choices for that second-in-command, and one of them is Kane. And Kane is loyal, 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 loyal to Illidan. He believes in everything that Illidan has been doing. He believes everything, you know, sacrificing everything for just this one purpose. And then the other person that you have to choose from is interesting because this is a guy who was introduced back in Burning Crusade. Yeah, I think tech. I think Kane was also in Burning Crusade. I believe they both he was. Were. Not yeah, they both as were. not as prominent. Uh, no, the other guy Altruist, had his own storyline. Yeah, Altruist had his own storyline out in Nagrand, and you could go ahead and like complete the stuff. I loved his quest chain because number one, it was the first sight we'd really gotten of a demon hunter since. Um, Oh my gosh, I forget his name, but the dude in Blasted Lands. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see, I think I have the page open. Well, he wasn't in Blasted Lands. He was actually out in Ashara, but you know who I'm talking about. Loramus. Loramus, yeah. 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 Um, anyway, uh, so I was really happy to see somebody out there, especially somebody who was like, I don't really think that Illidan has the best, you know, <laughs> best... It- best like intentions in mind for our people i think he's like way too focused and he may actually be becoming more legion than illidan you know um the other reason i really liked his quest is it was the first time i ever got to fly on another wing dragon yes it was part of the quest chain but it was still cool because it was like oh my gosh i'm flying and i'm flying on a dragon this is amazing this was the first time that you could ever like fly although there's some interesting implications there too with him right there were, there were. Because um, he, when we first encounter him, and I just want to throw this out there, we were talking about that initial quest, he didn't have his tattoos yet. No. 
Oh, he was he was also I didn't notice that. Yeah, he didn't have his tattoos. He was very uh, thin. He wasn't bulked out. He had no signs of the demon mark besides the eyes. Yeah. So there's some interesting stuff going on here, and you have to choose between these two people. You have to choose between Kane, who is fiercely and you know devoted to Illidan and everything that Illidan stands for, and then you have Alturus, who he kind of favors a more cautious approach, I would say. He wants he to make sure that even though they are using these powers, these demonic powers, that they don't actually like become the Legion in yeah, their exactly. fervor he's, to get rid of the Legion. Of, he's afraid of absorbing too much power from demons. Right. Um, and the way Illidan kind of, I mean, when you when you fight him, he, he goes full metamorphosis, and it's more than just a cooldown. So, my question for you guys, since you've played through this experience, is which one did you choose? <laughs> I'll let I, go first. I chose Kane. Um, one, because my character is a blood elf, and I thought that was cool. Um, two, I just kind of... I, I like Kane. I don't know. He's more, you know, even though Illidan has definitely not always been the the good guy. Um, I think Kane is more kind of get stuff done. Um, he he feels very horde to me. I guess would, you know he is a blood elf, but um, he feels like the kind of person that's gonna he, not gonna be afraid to make sacrifices in order to win a battle. Or it kind of like goes that. back. It kind of goes back to that whole decision that you make when you're playing on the Wandering Isle mm-hmm. as yeah, a Pandaren, and that's what I was thinking. Of, you have the tish- white place. Yeah, you have you have the one school of philosophy that believes in thinking out every every possible outcome before making a a decision and then you have the other f- f- philosophy that's pretty much like we're gonna go and we're gonna defend from everything <laughs> yeah charge, um, in, charge in and win the battle yeah charge in win the battle um maybe a, and and you know they have both have the same reasoning behind them like they both want the same thing um as far as Kane and Altruist goes, they both want the same thing, too. They both want the Legion's downfall. It's just a different philosophical approach to that. Um, one of them is inherently more cautious. So, yeah, you went with Kane. Um, mm-hmm. Joe, what about you? I also went with Kane, and for a couple of reasons. One, I don't trust Altruist um, because I feel like he has designs to become the next Illidan in a way, whereas Kane is perfectly happy doing what needs to be done in order to stop the Legion and is loyal. And that loyalty to me as a demon hunter, that's more important, at least the way I view their, their, their how everything happens with them. It's like, yeah, I need somebody who's not going to try to stab me in the back and take things over if I'm looking to defeat the Legion. So I went with Kane because I feel like he's got my back. He's going to be, you know, we're going to be homies. We're going to be chilling. We're going to be watching HGTV together. It's going to be cool. We're going to we're going to we're going to bring Mardoom back to its former glory. It's going to be awesome. Are you over House Hunters? You're going to make make Mardoom open concept. Exactly. <laughs> OK, so I also went with Kane with my yeah. first Demon Hunter. And with my second, I may go with Altruist just to see what the differences are. But I, I believe I don't think that there's like any huge differences. But it's still one of those, huh? I wonder what happens if I pick that other guy. Um, yeah, I'm I'm curious to see if it factors into the like world quests or class hall campaign because yeah. I I haven't made it quite that far uh, in testing things. Right. So. I mean, they make it pretty clear it doesn't affect your power, but I really am hopeful that it affects the story, you know, somewhat meaningfully. Like, to get the full picture, you'd have to play both, sort of. Which is exactly what I'll be doing if that's the case. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, for me, it's like I don't know. Um, I went with Kane specifically because I figured, from a character perspective, anyway, um, from a character perspective, it made sense. My character was somebody who had been following Illidan and and you know went to Marjum, came back. Yes, they were imprisoned, but during that entire time period, they were very loyal. So why would they turn from that loyalty to help this guy who had turned against them? It just didn't quite make sense. But then also, and this is why, this is why um, Harbingers made sense to me. The inclusion of Harbingers made sense to me, Joe, is that. When you're asked to choose, you're you're speaking to Corvus, I think. Corvus is the one that's that's yeah. there. Okay, so she's there and she says that you need to like choose somebody and stop stop these guys from arguing. And she says that the pool of judgment can reflect memories of the past. Touch it and draw upon your own recollections. Remind them what it meant to fight under Lord Illidan. Remind them why we took the demon hunter's path. Well, Harbinger's Illidan is that is a reminder. That's that's why they're fighting. Um, Corvus's own questioning of whether or not they had delved too far into the Burning Legion's power, and then her own conclusions on that matter. That was pretty much the subject of that animated short. You know what I mean? And that's fair. Uh, and I'm not disputing that part of it. It just it was one of those things where I'm trying to think of how to phrase this, and it's going to sound really like greedy i wanted more <laughs> see i i think and i, I kind of got the same you way. wanted a different cinematic you wanted another i wanted a different deep dive because there's there's been so many notable like characters that have been demon hunters at least already in history like burning crusade as well i mean we have theris we have nathario we have Al- uh Diel, or alandian excuse me uh veritas leo theris we have altruist as well we have all these characters they could have touched literally on any of them and i'm surprised that they didn't see i is. think i think the thing for me was that we had seen it released like a week or so before so it felt like one of those things where I couldn't quite tell if it had been released before to, you know, make hype. And it was already something. I mean, I know it had been planned to be in that section of the intro, but it, it felt weird seeing it out of context first and then seeing it in context because it it made sense in and out of context. And I think that's kind of where the, the weirdness of seeing it there was for me. It, See, wasn't... it made sense to me because it was Corvus who was saying, go look in the pool of judgment. It, and I mean, and Harbinger's that... was Corvus's story. Yeah, no, so, it makes sense, like, from that, but it just, it felt a little weird seeing, like, actual yeah. cinematics and then seeing a, like, drawn one that I had already seen out of context, I guess. See, I was really happy about that, though, because I love those animated shorts, but they were something, it's always been something where I was like, I wish, I wish there was a way to kind of access these from the game so I could watch them full screen on my monitor without all the YouTube garbage on it or anything. Yeah. And, and that's fair. I, I'm curious now if they're going to introduce like the other ones during story moments in Legion. I don't know. Um, I could see them doing it with the Cadgar one. I could. Yeah. Um, and I think that as the quest chains towards Legion kind of open up, that there's an opportunity for them to do that. Uh, I don't know if they're going to or not, but they could. Uh, the Gul'dan one, I don't know. I don't know. Well, there's real no reason to go back to the Gul'dan one, really, is, I mean, sadly. Yeah, I don't think that. Because that part of that part was already done. Like, if they had they had done that in Warlords, okay, I could have I seen that. But 
we're past World Wars now. Yeah, Gul'dan's yeah. felt very much like the whole. It was like the epilogue to the Lords of War yeah. shorts. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and, instead of being part of the Legion thing, although it did make the Legion thing kind of make sense, and it tied into the Tomb of Sargeras, which we're not talking about today. So, um, yeah, I I did choose Cain. I, I kind of wanted to go with Altruist just because I had good memories of Altruist. But realistically, after seeing, well, after thinking about it and thinking about my character and what my character had just been through, and then also watching what was in that pool of judgment, how could you choose anyone but Kane? I mean, doesn't doesn't Harbinger's being there, doesn't that kind of pretty much blatantly point to Kane and say, yeah, Illidan is right. You should be doing exactly, you should be, you, you should be siding with that guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that too. Plus, I, I mean, it gives you a couple of shots of Illidan's charming smile. So, you know. <laughs> All right. Um, so, moving on. Mitch, did you have any questions about the Demon Hunter experience that you wanted to like so, throw out at us? This was one that actually. Dan O'Halloran kind of um, presented the other day was it sort of leads into this. He was initially thinking that demon hunters were all 10,000 years old, but that's only Illidan. But it kind of led me to like, well, how long does it take for someone to become a demon hunter? Um, And like, how does one go about doing that? Basically, if if there's an answer to those. Joe, do you want to fill them in? Because you've read the novel. I'll let you go on this one. I think. Okay, so to become a demon hunter, you basically train with Illidan. Well, okay. If you haven't read the novel, if you haven't read the Illidan novel, I would highly recommend reading it because it actually goes through that process as part of the book. Mm -hmm. Um, Uh, Okay. But the way that it worked essentially was that one of the lead characters there he got put in a circle with a demon and he was forced to kill the demon and then once he had killed the demon... He had to eat its heart. Oh, okay. Like consume it and actually force the demon to become part of himself. And once he had done that, he could see the vast expanse of the Legion and exactly what they were up against. And he also saw the moment in which he decided to dedicate himself to this path of vengeance because his family had been killed, right? Um, And that played over and over and over and over and over in his head. And he put out his own eyes so he didn't have to see it anymore. (laughs) That's why they ritually blind themselves. It's really gross. Yeah. Oh, okay. As far as the the length of time on that goes, from what I got from the book was that it's completely contingent on the reaching the physical limits. Yeah. Like, because before they do the 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 dance in the circle with the demon, and you know whether they die or whether they win, uh, they're training against each other and yeah. they're pushing themselves to these physical limits. And when they can go no further, that's when they get thrown in. So it seems like a, a very deeply personal time frame. Uh, okay, okay, but, but the it's, events it's in not the novel like... took place over the course of a year. Yeah. So theoretically not that long of a time because if it takes much longer than that you're going to get defeated in battle against your fellow demon hunters and you're never going to make it to the ring of truth or whatever they okay. want to call it so, so it's not like the demon hunters that are at the black temple or have been training under illidan have been there with him the whole time they could be you know anywhere well, no, from like illidan is only been, the... he's only been on outland for a fairly it hasn't Short been forever time, but were all those demon hunters ones that joined him after he went to outland yes yes Okay. So the and and I mean I feel bad. This is going to be slightly spoilerish. Um, if you haven't read the book, 
and I'm sorry for you, Mitch, but go read the book anyway. That's that's okay. Um, you came every, on the show. We're going to spoil <laughs> yeah, things for you. So everybody who is going to become a demon hunter has sought either vengeance or sought enlightenment from Illidan. And they traveled through the dark portal specifically to follow him into Outland to find where he is. And in the case of one of the characters, uh, it was Veritas, I want to say it was. Was it Veritas? I want to say so. Yeah. So Veritas um, climbs up from he scales the side of the Black Temple and he's he's a night elf rogue. That's what he is. He's just a rogue. Um, he gets up there and instead of attacking Illidan, like everybody thinks he's going to do, he lays down his weapons. He's like, teach me, you know, and that's Uh. how all of them have gotten there. So when you go to the courtyard and you see all of those elves training to become demon hunters, they've all sought him either to kill him. Uh, for vengeance because they blame him and then have been swayed by his words to his way or have wanted to learn from him and harness the pro- the power that he has to seek vengeance upon the Legion for taking from them what is most precious. Because these demon hunters are elves that have lost everything and they've lost everything at the Legion's hands okay. and they want revenge. So In that way, they're almost kind of a mirror to the Forsaken and how the Forsaken looked at the Lich King, only these guys are looking at the entire Burning Legion, not just one dude who happened to be the Legion's creation. So that must be why I like them so much. Yeah, um, it's kind of cool. <laughs> so then Illidan was the first demon hunter. There Were there any demon hunters in between, you know, Illidan and then the ones who came to him at Karabor? Absolutely. That, yeah. Absolutely. There were a bunch of them. And how'd, how'd they get their power if it wasn't from Illidan? Or was it from Illidan? Still? It was the same thing, but it was before they left, I think it was, right? Because okay. they were like his initial generals or whatever. They were his initial, they were serving under him. And the few that you see scattered on Azeroth, those are the ones who were left behind. And Night Elf Society, Calderay Society, they know about the existence of demon hunters. They do not like them. They just Yeah, they just kind of shun them. It's... It's much like they did with, you know, the high elves that were practicing arcane magic. They actually went through a bunch of this in uh, Cataclysm, of all things. Go yeah. Because uh, there was, what, Feronis, which was over in Felwood. Yeah. Um, Loramis, who we resurrected through the Altar of Storms and Blasted Lands. Yeah, he was originally in Ashara, and then we bring him yeah. back in the Blasted Lands. Yeah, and then there was, was the part, There was Talarius, who I want to say he was a ghost? If I remember correctly, yeah, but there, okay. there's, but they touch on that too, like where the, there's these past demon hunters that followed him on Azeroth that were, you know, the same thing. Like their villages were ravaged. They were, you know, they saw what the Legion could do, and they were just like, "Teach me, you know, give me power. I want vengeance." And there they are. Okay. And they're just kind of they were stranded and left behind, and Calderay society will not let them back into their ranks. Are you kidding me? These guys are almost demons themselves. Why would we let them back in? You, you sneeze and green fire comes out of your nose. We don't really want you around the kids. Come and it's on. Kinda, it's kind of <laughs> interesting, too, because, you know, after you take the letter back to Anduin, Taronda, she makes a comment that she's thankful that we've brought the Illidari back in because they're going to be useful. Um, and she can see the usefulness. And it's kind of obvious that she would be the one that would see the usefulness because she's the one who let Illidan out of his prison in the first place (laughs) um, to help against the Legion in the third war. And And that was a happy experience. Yeah, that was, that was a happy, 
that was a happy-go-lucky time for them. <laughs> he really did a lot for them. I don't think he did, really. I mean, I guess I guess he helped out with Felwood, sort of, but not really. <laughs> All right, I've done, like, the exact minimum required of me. I'm going to be over here now doing what I need to do. Hey, I you need did to go chase to the Eastern Arthas. Kingdoms now because the Burning Legion actually wants me to do something for them, and I feel like I owe them. So I'm going to go do the Legion of Solid and take care of this Lich King guy. See you guys later. <laughs> but Malfurion, nice. Malfurion still doesn't approve. He's not He's not 100% sold on the idea. He he doesn't. Of course he is. He's, he's forgiven his brother because mm-hmm. his brother did kind of make up for things. But he he doesn't trust. I don't think he trusts his brother. Not 100%. You know, and honestly, like, and this is kind of like a... a, a aside that's why i like Toronto a little bit is because she's very pragmatic and i feel like she approaches things like a general would not so much she like, does and, and malfurion's yeah. more like this feels wrong and i'm going to trust this feeling i don't care if it will help i feel and, it down in the depths of my bare toes <laughs> and she's more like this is icky but it's useful so come with me so i, I kind of i like that i like that pragmatism she's she's kind of um she seems to be shaping up to be the kind of leader who says, this thing may be bad, but we can use it for good, so maybe we should do that. And I'm okay with that. Um, I think and, the Alliance needs more of that. I mean, when they let the Chandralar back in and they allowed Night Elves to practice, you know, being mages again, that was a big deal. And she allowed it because she figured that they would be needed in the fight against Deathwing. And they were, you know, yeah, to a degree. She so wasn't wrong. She wasn't wrong, and they haven't gone nuts out and turned on Night Elf Society or created, you know, a second Sundering or anything like that. So things seem to be generally okay, and I think she's of the same opinion as far as the Illidari goes. You know, they are useful. They are probably the most useful weapon against the Legion that we have at this point in time, so why not utilize them? They're offering their help. Why not take it? And if they happen to die in the process, oh well, okay, more, we don't really care. <laughs> Oops, guess that's bad. Oh that well. That actually does remind me, though. Um, did you sacrifice yourself or the other guy in the starting experience? Because that kind of leads to my next question. Totally oh. sacrificed myself. Yeah, sacrifice myself. Are you kidding because me? To me, that fits with the uh, the demon hunter ideology of yeah. giving, sacrificing everything for victory. I feel like if you're going to kill the other dude, then you're not really fit to be a demon hunter. I wasn't. I wasn't going to be like selfish and demand somebody else give up their life. It's, you know, all for the cause. Of course, I'm going to, you know, sacrifice myself for that cause. And okay. I, I enjoy the little pep talk from Illidan after you do that. Yeah. Too. See, see, I I think when I was on beta the first time or alpha or whatever, I sacrificed myself first just because I wanted to see what Illidan said on live. I sacrificed the other dude because if you do that, he becomes a ghost in your class hall. And I think the idea of a, a ghost of him walking around is kind of cool. Um, but Illidan tells you you have an immortal demon soul. And he also says to get back to your body. So with that immortal demon soul, are you able to actually go to bodies that weren't originally yours? How does that work? Well, that sounds like it as from the description that Illidan gave in that little pep talk was that you just don't necessarily need to go to your body. You just need to get to a body, which means... You're a little more demon than Night uh, night Elf or Blood Elf, so I'm okay with that. Fun part. If you remember in um, Stratholm, you had the demon who was actually the head of the Scarlet Crusade. Yes. And he took over Dathrahan. 
Mm-hmm. He everybody thought Satan Dathrahan was a person, and he wasn't a person. He was a dreadlord. Um, that's kind of an example of that. You find a body that's fit. Okay, so you would. <laughs> he found a body that was fit for the purpose that he needed. It's the total supernatural demons like invading bodies thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, but in theory, you would be able to find a body and then look like that body, or look like your demon form. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Because I mean, once once Dathrahan was revealed, all of a sudden he turned into a dreadlord. I don't think he does that anymore. I think he's just a dreadlord by default. He's a dreadlord by default now. But when you were originally doing live side of Strathholm. When you got to the end, it was Satan, and then he I turned into the Dreadlord. Irony. It like, was such a great thing. Oh, that whole story with the Scarlet Crusade is just fabulous. Anyway, um, does that answer that for you? Yeah, um, I, I brought that up because you mentioned Toronto not really caring if we died, but you know, jokes on you, Toronto. <laughs> not <laughs> well, all of us. The thing is, is <laughs> you're the one with the immortal demon soul. The other demon hunters may not necessarily have that. Illidan yeah. has an immortal demon soul. He remarks that you're kind of like him because you have one. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that all of the NPC demon hunters and that kind of thing, the other Illidari, it doesn't imply that they also have these immortal demon souls. They may just die and die. And they're dead. Yeah, or or try to take demon power and explode. Or something like that. Like that one unfortunate fellow. Ooh, he detonated. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought that was really cool throughout the zone. Um... Like, the first time I did it, I just thought it was, like, you know, Blizzard showing off, hey, not everyone can handle this. But, like, playing through it once and then going back through it a couple more times, you actually notice that he, like, is struggling with it in more than just that scenario. So they kind of hint at him not being able to take the power. No, he's struggling with it the whole way through. Yeah, exactly. And I thought that was a really cool touch uh, because if, you know, you were just kind of powering through quests the first time, you might not notice that they laid out these hints that's, like, this is strong stuff we're dealing with. You know, you got to take it one at a time. Not everyone can handle it. And then that plays off um, when you try to give him the power and he he explodes. And and that fits perfectly well with what we know of the past, too. Because, I mean, you need to look no further than Leo Theris the Blind, who, yeah, he was able to take the power, but his psyche shattered. He oh, yeah. kind of went a little cuckoo. He, not, not even a little bit. He went super cuckoo. And... I mean, you have stuff like that, or you know, the, and even in the Illidan novel, they talk about it. How you know some some of these demon hunters flung themselves from the top of Black Temple. Um, there's all sorts of of nods to that throughout the entire existence of demon hunters in the the game lore. So seeing that firsthand was such a cool moment for me. Yeah, I felt bad that the dude blew up, but it was I was like, yeah, 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 okay, yeah that's awesome. All right. <laughs> That's the other thing about being a demon hunter, though, and the, what happened to him kind of references that. But your life is an eternal struggle mm-hmm. because while you've got that demon contained within you, it's still trying to break free and it's still trying to take over and it's still trying to corrupt you. And every second of every day is spent struggling with that, yeah. like in that conflict and you so, can see that in uh, you can see that in the Harbinger short too because yeah, you can. there's that whole moment where there's their recruitment drive because the Legion is not dumb. If they can't if they know they can't kill you, they're going to try to recruit you by convincing you that they can kill you even though they can't. Yeah, and the Pit Lord <laughs> I mean when the Pit Lord looked at Corvus and said I, I sense more Legion in you than Night Elf and you know, you should totally join us and she says no. <laughs> 
that was part of that whole temptation tactic. But she's got she's got some kind of demon within her that that she's constantly struggling with. I want to see more of her. Yeah, I, I like too. her. I like but, her a lot. And that's another thing we know from the Illidan novel, though, too, which is, you know, they talk about how the demon every day tries to trick them, show them, and the demons talk to the host. Like, it's not like it's you just consume their power. That demon is constantly talking to you. No, it's inside you, having a chat yeah. with you, sort of like the skull of Gul'dan. Two, two souls, so, one body. So is it is it one demon, though? Because, like, in the starting experience, you kill multiple demons to gain their powers. So Right, but that's to gain their powers. This is the first demon that you... The very first, you, the heart you eat. The heart one? you eat, the one you consume. That's the one. And... I don't know about the other demon hunters, but I know in the case of the one that was showcased in the Illida novel, he the one that he confronted was the one that had killed his family. The okay. one that set him on that path of vengeance in the first place. Now, the interesting thing, and they touch about this a little bit in the, in the or I shouldn't say touch, they hint at it in the Illidan novel, and I think they showcase it in the starting zone, is that as you consume the demons, it's not you consuming it it's the demon inside of you consuming it. And because we know that they can do that to each other, they can kill each other, they can take each other's places of power or, or their abilities, that's been established for you know, eons here. So the interesting thing is, as you get more powerful, that demon inside of you is also getting more powerful. So it's that struggle dangerous. becomes... Yeah, it's very dangerous. And that's kind of the... I, 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 yeah, I would say kind of. Because I think he, I think he's on the fearful side of. Eventually, they're just going to take over. But I, I think if you have enough resolve, I think that you won't. So, See Corvus. What we can pretty much draw from all of this is that in no way, shape, or form are demon hunters happy people. They really yeah. aren't. <laughs> when, when they yell at you and say, "I've sacrificed everything," they they mean that yeah, in the most talking. literal sense. It's not just their eyeballs that they've sacrificed. They've sacrificed themselves. Um, when you take a demon in like that, the only way to get it out again is to let it consume you and yeah. you're done. So this is kind of end game. These people who have decided to do this, who have decided to take this path, these are people who have nothing left to live for. I, I know Rossi, Rossi took issue with them saying that to death Knights, though. I think I thought that was kind of funny when they're like, what did you give up? And, you know, Death Knights <laughs> over here like, well, I, I died. So. Well, I died. So there's that. <laughs> also, I had to kill my best friend. Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, Demon Hunters, they're they're up there in terms of sacrifice. Yeah, because, I mean, Death Knights, to a degree, they can't really go home either. Right. I mean, and... they could, but nothing's going to be the same again because they're in an, they're, they're like an animated corpse. Hey, Mom, I'm back. They Although can't, I would, they can't I would, just go back and go, honey, I'm home, because it doesn't work that way anymore. Honey, I'm home. I'm and I would, put, I would put Death Knights above uh, Demon Hunters in terms of sacrifice for one reason and one reason only. Demon Hunters made a choice. Death Knights didn't. Okay. No, they yeah. didn't have a choice. They were raised. They were just raised, and then all of a sudden they were there, and they had to deal with that situation. In a way, Death Knights are almost a little bit stronger because they turned away from the Lich King's call. And what does that take? You know, that takes yeah. a lot. Um, anyway, did you have any other questions, Mitch? Um, I think that that kind of covers the ones I had going into this. 
Okay. There was a portion of the Demon Hunter starting experience that I thought was interesting. And I've had a few people tweet me about it and um, send me emails about it and ask me about it, where they were talking about some dialogue that went down in the Vault of the Wardens. Um, there's a Wrathlord there named Wrathlord Lekos. And Wrathlord Lekos says, Lord Gul'dan will lead us to victory. You cannot stop us. Your world is the last standing. It too will be purged. Oh. What do you make of that line, Joe? Well, the problem is, and th- this is the same problem, and we, we talked about this before, you never know if the Legion is lying to you or not lying to you. You also don't know what their other demons are telling the other demons. Like, if they tell your shock troops that this is the last world in existence, we need to give it everything we've got to, like, get them into, a, like, a rabid fervor, you're going to do that. You know, so it's 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 interesting because it is entirely possible that we're the last light in the universe. But then I look at other things like Draenor. It's still there. It what about consumed yet? What about you, Mitch? What do you I'm, think? I'm kind of taking that in right now because I that is like I can't imagine that Azeroth is the like actual last one for the Legion. Um, but maybe like maybe the worlds that are still left are just kind of small no-name worlds that they don't really care about or don't really see standing a threat here's what i'm thinking Ooh, the interpretation well yeah. here's here's the other interpretation that i had it's not our world that's the last standing it's our world soul yeah i was just going to say that it could be the, that's that the, the last, last standing world soul yeah um the final titan as it were azeroth okay. is it and once Azeroth is wiped out, there are no other Titan seeds out there to be had. Azeroth is the only one, which would make sense. And that would also make Azeroth. Do you guys remember? Um, it was BlizzCon a couple of years ago where Kosak said that Azeroth is unique in the universe. There's nothing. Yeah. There. Yeah. That's I'm thinking that may be what sets it apart. That's why it's so unique is it's the only world soul left. And the Legion is trying as hard as it can to take it down. And we just aren't letting it happen. <laughs> um, does that sound logical to you, Joe? Yeah, well, uh, that's what, exactly where I was going to, like, after I had thought about it and after yeah. I was thinking about it, like, that, that's the exact place I was going to go with that, That was where I too. went to immediately. Yeah. was like, oh, no, we're not the last world standing. We're the last world soul. There's probably other that's planets the out that there. That makes sense, yeah. But they're, they're not well, and, and dormant the titans know- or anything. They're just planets. And we know that they are because, again, Draenor and Outland are still out there. Yeah. And unfortunately for whatever good or, or, or ill we've done there, that alternate Draenor is still in existence. It's going to be there. We haven't killed it yet. Yeah, so, but I mean, it's like, not It's not a world soul. But probably. it's a world soul, right. So, yeah, that makes that makes. Do you a, know what we're talking about when we sense. say world souls, Mitch? Uh, I kind of gathered from the context. <laughs> okay, so in uh, the Chronicle book, it's revealed that Titans are born from worlds. They are the souls of worlds. Basically, worlds are Titan eggs. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah. I and knew, I knew seated, Azeroth was a baby Titan. And right, knew... they've been seeded throughout the universe. Azeroth was an exceptionally powerful one. They the The Pantheon encountered it and said, whoa, hey, whatever world soul is in here, it is the strongest thing I have ever seen. We need to cultivate it. We need to okay, fix yeah, it. That's, I mean, that's, that's what I pretty much gathered okay um so yeah i think indication of how many world souls there were to begin with i mean outside of like the the pantheon and like the ones the titans that we do know of i think that the only indication i have and this is kind of a tenuous tie at best but when 
Algalon says a thousand thousand worlds or souls you know had, had they he's all loved to... had they all loved life as you do okay so he's I, i'm thinking to the that maybe world he world. yeah i'm thinking that maybe, maybe he was thinking all of a sudden he's going oh oh all those worlds that were destroyed those could have been like this what did i do what happened here you know um the whole reorigination thing he he finally realized that what he was doing essentially was basically killing baby titans um so with the re reorigination though it it sets the planet back to like its initial state though right it doesn't i mean it destroys the life on the planet but it doesn't yeah, destroy I, the world soul. i didn't i didn't take i didn't take reorigination as affecting the world soul i took it as a fail safe to keep the world soul safe i don't know um, because at least the way that I read it. So for me, we, I don't. That's, that's kind of what I thought because it was going to wipe as because it was going to use wasn't it going to use the emerald dream sort of as like yeah, a, the, the blueprint. Template. These yeah. are all theories that we've had, but they've yes. never actually been proven one way or another. So okay. we now aren't is... we aren't one hundred percent on what reorigination does. But to go back to the original question, as far as what we know, as far as absolute world souls. We know the Pantheon, and we know the one world that Sar uh, Sargeras destroyed. Uh, it, and then Azeroth, and I think that's it. Like, con yeah. confirmed. Okay. Confirmed. There's not, like, an official list anywhere. They didn't keep, like, you know, databases of this. So is the anywhere. Legion out to destroy the world soul, or to, like, harvest it and use it uh, against... No, they want to knock it out entirely. Mm-hmm. Okay, see, the, the the reason I'm asking that is because that kind of points me to reorigination would save the planet, and they, they stop Algalon before he can reoriginate, or, you know, whatever. It's kind of interesting, because, like I said, reorigination, we haven't had an actual definition of what that does, and whether or not that keeps the world soul intact. We do know that it's put in, it, it's, reorigination happens when a planet is too far corrupted and the whole re reason that um, that reorigination was triggered was because Loken fell. We killed Loken. And that brought Algalon back to the planet to kind of look at it and see what was going on. And Algalon realized that Yogg-Saron was um, not dormant and that there were other old gods that had kind of taken over the planet. Okay, so what we need to do is go to... Draenor, then to alt Azeroth, and then to let Algalon do his thing, and then kind of you know observe what happens. <laughs> you know, let's just let you know, for science. Yeah, yeah it's, you know, this isn't our happens. Azeroth. Let's just see what happens. Let's just see what happens here. Just ignore all those people that live on this <laughs> world. We've got backups of everybody. It's okay. It'll be fine. Uh, Although it does bear an interesting question: if we can make an alt Draenor, can we make an alt Azeroth, and then have two of those Titan souls? Well, the interesting part mm -hmm. to that is that um, I was interviewing uh, Alex Afrasiabi. I was inter interviewing him, was it last year? No, it wasn't last year. Last year was Kozak. The year before, I was interviewing him, and I asked him whether or not there was an alternate. Because, I mean, obviously, this Draenor, it's an alternate Draenor. It's a Draenor that, in a different yeah, reality. And I asked him. Everyone had. Right. And I asked him, I said, is there an Azeroth? Is there? Is there are there alternate reality versions of Azeroth? And he said, yes. And I said, are we going to see those? And he said, there are no plans for that. So <laughs> theoretically, so, it's something that could happen, but it's but not something, they... it's not something that they've, they've thought about oh. when they were writing this stuff. Oh man, wait a minute. So the Exodar is a transdimensional ship. Yeah. 
What if we're not going to Argus? What if we're going to Alt Azeroth I to wake know. up the world soul? <laughs> ah! We go to Alt Azeroth and it's like it's not. It, we stopped the initial vanilla we the initial, Yeah, we stopped the part, initial corruption. You wanted two. vanilla servers. Here and they are. Everything has been revamped, so all of the cities and everything are no. Oh, that would be kind of cool, but. I can't I, see them I doing think that. It would confuse people to. Oh, I, it totally like, would. Yeah, I, I want I, it. <laughs> I think we're going to Argus soon. As it was, as it was, it felt like just the fact that Dranor was this alternate universe. It felt like that was confusing enough to people. Oh, I don't yeah. know if they want to go take that one step further and try and get people to wrap their minds around it. I do know that in the Tomb of Sargeras, the the audio, the audio. With, thing with, the audio drama that they did you know second person Gul'dan Gul'dan did you know acknowledge the fact that there was another Gul'dan like he acknowledged that and he recognized that he so this it. is something it's not something they're just going to retcon and go no we aren't going to talk about that anymore no they are talking about it and they are confronting it um this is also stuff that I kind of want to talk to Rossi about with because when he's on the show because Anytime we get into alternate realities and timelines mm-hmm. and things like that, having Rossi and Joe both here is, it makes for a wild ride. So we'll be talking about that next time. But um, I, I do have a, uh, we can maybe use as a segue. We were talking about other planets and Argus and all that. Go ahead. The Demon Hunter starting zone, the whole point was to get a Sargeri keystone and go to Argus. So what happened to that Sargeri keystone and where do you think that's going to come into play in the future? Cordana think- has it. Yep, and Cordana has it. Okay, I wouldn't be surprised if it gets plugged into the console in the middle of the Exodar. Um, I think that right now they have it, and it's part of what's be being used to fuel that big portal that's letting the Legion in right now. Okay. Um, I don't know what's going to happen to it. We have to get it back. But we do need to get it back because that is basically the key to getting to where we need to be going. Um, okay. and then do you think? Do you think we'll take that key and go to Argus? I don't know if we're going to go to Argus. I don't See, think and, that we're going to go to Argus immediately. And doesn't believe it. I'm I'm on the Argus I, track. I think because there was I, I don't know if it was Argus. Oh, Mitch, you're gonna you're gonna get me to say Mitch. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. There was there was a planet in the background of Mardum. I don't know if that was um canonically Argus or if it was just a planet. Um. But Outland is suspended in the Twisting Nether. Is that enough to kill a demon permanently? Like um, Archimonde possibly killed permanently thanks to the mythic phase of the fight where we actually go to the Twisting Nether? Um, And if so, is Argus suspended in the Twisting Nether? I don't think so because um, you know how we killed... Was it Magtheridon? Was Mm -hmm. he the one that we killed? Yeah, he pops up again at the Broken Core. So obviously killing Magtheridon on Outland... It didn't. It did nothing. So suspended in the twisting nether, close but no cigar as far as actually killing a demon. No, it's kind of one of those weird things, and and I equate this to, and and I, I was talking with Rossi about this uh, a, a while ago. Um, there's a lot of parallels here to another universe that I enjoy, which is the Warhammer 40k universe um, and the warp. And it's when basically the twisting nether and the warp are are, are almost synonymous. And when planets get engulfed by it, those planets are still planets. Things still live on them. Things are still there. Um, they just may be warped. Uh, so I, I don't know if we honestly truly know a way to 100% kill a demon yet. Like, okay. we have ideas. We, we think we know. I don't know if we do know. 
Because but Arkhamon was not one of the ones that popped up in the like right before the cinematic at the Broken Shore, was he? No. No. So Kill Jaden wasn't there either. But they oh. could also be doing other things. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. The the problem is is those those two are wild cards because they could be doing literally anything else for their boss. Okay. Yeah. And we know Kill Jaden is around because he was the one that was chit chatting with Gul'dan in the Tomb of Sargeras audio yes. drama. We yeah. don't know about Archimond. We may have killed Archimond for good. I don't know. Because he doesn't he pull you through? Yeah, he so normally like LFR, um, normal and heroic, there's a phase where he drops you into the Twisting Nether. Right. And you have to fight like a Void Lord or something while there. In Mythic, Void the last... Star. <laughs> yeah. In Mythic, the last phase, he pulls everyone in there, um, and that's where you kill him. You finish him off in the Twisting Nether. Yeah. So I don't know if he's actually dead dead or not. And I don't think it's been confirmed either way. Okay. I do know that he seemingly died because he fell over the lights went out of his eyes and his last action was to chuck gold on through that through the portal um but whether or not he's mostly dead or dead dead that has yet to be determined well yeah and that's another confusing he might just be like in a secret room under a tree somewhere waiting for us to come yeah i mean it would be the it would be the first time that a tree has been involved in this man's life (laughs) But the, yeah, that's another kind of confusing part is you kill him in Mythic, but you still see the same cinematic where he's not in the Twisting Nether. So it's one of those lore and Mythic only stuff that kind of. It's one of those things that should I get another interview with Kosak this year at BlizzCon, <laughs> I will probably be asking him about. Oh, yes, please. So, yeah, Dave, if you're listening to this particular show, prepare yourself for that. <laughs> All right. Uh, as far as Demon Hunters go, though. Do you guys think that we'll have enough reason for them to stick? I mean, obviously, for gameplay purposes, this is a new class. So these guys are going to stick around whether we like it or not, because a bunch of people have already rolled these characters and they're obviously going to keep playing these characters. And this class is not a class that's going to be removed. It's not like a temporary class or anything like that. Um, Unless it is. Do you guys think that... That we're going to keep like with the demon hunters as far as that goes. Do you think that it's a good idea that we're keeping them around? Or what do you think the future of the demon hunter is going to be in terms of interactions with Azeroth after Legion Ooh. is over? I think once they're done, they're gonna be start we're gonna start looking at the old gods and the void. And do you oh, think I the hope... demon hunters are gonna be useful for that? I do, because they're gonna have a lot more insight into that than we do. Probably. Like we, we we fight on the opposite spectrum, and while we can always look at that stuff, um, you, we're not we're not so much near and dear to it. Whereas demon hunters and death knights both are a lot closer to that side of the wheel than we are. What do you think, Mitch? I think I mean I don't I think we're gonna have to take the battle to the legion after mm-hmm. this. That's kind of where I was like mind spinning as heading towards Argus uh, if it were in the Twisting Nether. But I think we'll definitely need them for the the final push against the Legion, um, whether that happens next expansion and it's like a direct you know lead into it or in the future. I think there's always going to be some sort of conflict where their unique insight's going to come into play. Um, I would like to see I, I would like to see their story play out, not necessarily like where they become in conflict with the Horden Alliance, but where there's more of those internal conflicts, like with Cain and Altruis. Um, Because I think while you're working with the Horden Alliance, there's still plenty of opportunity um, in this expansion and future ones 
for them to kind of argue and become, you know, too powerful. And, you know, maybe we'll see uh, like a demon, uh, demon hunter, like solo storyline kind of culminate in one of the demon hunters becoming a raid boss in the future or something like that. The other, the other thing that I find interesting about that too, is that um, we still don't know what the effects of the Holy boop that Illidan received was. Um, and that could also oh, yeah, play Mitch, into their future Illidan role. Got a Holy boop in the Illidan novel. Just so from, you know, oh, from, from Anaru directly from Anaru. Oh, yeah, I did hear about that, actually. Okay, anyway, continue, Joe, sorry. (laughs) So I'm kind of curious if that's going to play into the uh, future of Demon Hunters. Like, if it gives some form of redemption to Illidan, does that filter through? Does that does that purge their souls and make them get a healing spec? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Or, or, Or does that does that make them into like essentially like, you know, void paladins or something? I don't know. We'll see. So many That's ways this kind go. of an interesting idea. The other thing that people tend to forget, too, is that the Burning Legion, the whole reason that the Burning Legion exists, they're pitted against the Void. Sargeras, Sargeras was pitted against mm-hmm. the Void, and he decided that the best way to conquer the Void was not by doing what the Titans were doing, but by essentially not re-originating a planet, but re-originating the entirety of his existence as we know it, um, which is what the Burning Legion is kind of set out to do. They're destroying worlds because they're trying to destroy the universe because they figured that's the only way really to defeat the Void is to just start over. Um, So I guess in a way, Demon Hunters would still kind of be useful even after the Legion is defeated because they still retain that purpose. They want to see the Void defeated, and that's something that we're going to have to confront at some point in time in the future. Oh boy, I feel conflicted as a Shadow Priest Demon Hunter. I know, right? <laughs> You're super bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm a terrible person, but I'm also self-conflicted. Well, shadow priests are kind of they're kind of doing the same thing that demon hunters are doing and even warlocks uh mm-hmm. they're kind of harnessing that raw power to use it against the thing that created it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um like demon hunters, they absorb the demons and then use the power of the demons against the burning legion or the warlocks, you know, they harness the demons and force them to serve under them to use them as weapons and tools against the burning legion. You're harnessing the void and right now you're using it against whatever enemies happen to be out there, but at some point you're going to be using the har- the the powers of the void against the void itself, so theoretically, theoretically. Yeah. And I'm this is all way that. down the road. Way down the road. Um, what do you guys think uh, as far as like the future of World of Warcraft? Is this the final? Is this like the countdown to the final battle, or is there more beyond? And what could be beyond? Beyond Argus, even beyond, like say we go to Argus and we go to wherever and we cut down Sargeras and we make him pay. What comes after that? What do you guys think? See that, and that's the tricky question. That's a question that I've been Isn't trying it? to. It, it's one that I've actually been having a, a, a conversation a lot with with uh, friends that play the game and have been playing forever you never know right because there are two things here we we know where logically the story would potentially end which would be defeating the void um or sealing off the void or keeping it from ever touching our planes again or whatever that case is there um it's sort of a classic fantasy trope-ish thing right it, it that's a thing that happens but at the end of the day this is also still a game so the question is while sometimes ending the story makes sense, how do you keep it going to still make the story make sense? And I don't understand. Like, I don't know. I don't, I'm, at, I'm at a loss because there are so many different ways 
you could try to make that happen. I honestly have no idea. What about Potent- you, Mitch? So potentially, I think after Legion, we'll we'll take the battle to the Burning Legion. I don't know if it'll be directly after Legion or not, um, but I think it's getting close to the time where we could start asking uh, Bolvar for some more help. And I think possibly um, he does sort of control what's left of the Scourge, and hopefully he's not gone crazy. That that could come into play at some point, or you should, you should play some death knight sometime, Mitch. Converse, oh, uh, they they do go there, don't they? They do. Um, yeah, I need to do that then. Um, or conversely, you know, he's too far gone and he becomes kind of a a sidetrack in the meantime. Because yeah, like you said, the game has to go on, and I think defeating Sargeras would be Sargeras and the Void would kind of be the ultimate end goals. But the question is, what goes on in between that? And I do think. The Lich King is kind of a hanging thread at this point. Wrath of the Wrath of the Lich King? Yes. <laughs> wrath squared. Wrath 2, electric boogaloo. Now, all right, I mean, well. Yeah. I was going to say, the other option would be, you know, we go back to Draenor, but I don't think anyone really wants well, to do that. Well, I mean, that. The, just real quick, and I know we're, we're probably getting to the end of the, the things here, but it, it's it's another thing where we don't know a whole lot of the Void yet, right? Like, we we've seen little bits and pieces of it. Uh, we've seen some of the old god stuff. There's so much they can pull from there. There's so much they can create that are simply born of the void. Like defeating Sargeras doesn't necessarily have to be the last sort of stage because at the end of the day, like Anne said earlier here, Sargeras was doing his whole thing in order to stop the void. If we defeat Sargeras, then we have to stop the void. And there's so much you could do with that with, you know, what entities or what's controlling it or or whatever, because it's completely unexplored territory. So theoretically, you could have infinite amount of things to pull from the void. Uh, just how you do it and how creative you are with it that, is going to be. That the does remind me. And did you ever play through the priest? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. I, I can't okay. spoil it for you. So, but it's definitely it ties into this. And I'm wondering uh, what I'm wondering here is. Are we about to embark on a really, really implausible quest to revive the Pantheon? I would be Ooh. okay with that because that would be, that seems logical, right? Yeah, because we, we kind of need them, super, don't we? And we have these uber powerful, you know, pillars of creation that carried their essence. I mean, I and if know. we've got the final Titan working for us, maybe maybe Azeroth is powerful enough that we'll be able to do something about that. I don't well, I think know. A Lun will guide us. She'll tell us what to do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that pretty much wraps us up for this turnaround. Mitch, thank you so much for filling in with us. Yeah, it was fun. I love okay. being on here. Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue and an ads free site experience and for you guys, the listeners of Blizzard Watch and Lore Watch and you know everything else that we put out there for you to consume, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30 day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I know that we've talked a lot about the Illidan novel in the past several weeks, but that's because a lot of the lore from that novel keeps coming up. That audiobook, that that novel is actually available on an audiobook on Audible's website. So you can make that your free download if you want to. And you can download that or many of Blizzard's other titles at blizzardwatch.com slash audible. Um, so you guys, I have one more question for you and I'm just going to roll it into quick answer final thoughts. Can we redeem Sargeras, Joe? 
Oh, you've asked me this before, and I still don't know. Maybe I don't know. It's gonna. I, I don't think we can. Okay, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll say that. Do you think Azeroth can? Azeroth might be able to. I think Azeroth might be able to wake up and go, "Come, my child, I am the mother of all of you," and like purge him of his insanity and put him on the right path. Maybe, but us as players, no way. I don't think so. Okay, Mitch, what do you think? Do you think we can redeem nah. Sargeras? Nah. Nah, I, I don't think so. I think. I think there may have been a moment for that. It's over, and I think um, any effort to do so would just be too risky and not really worth it. Here's what I'm thinking. We redeem Sargeras with the final Titan, playable demons. <laughs> we can roll as demons. Wouldn't that be cool? And then demon hunters would lose their morphosis and feel like I still want playable furbolgs. I mean, I, I'll, settle, <laughs> I'll settle for, like, furbolgs. Give them no, playable. I want playable Arakoa. Oh, Eric Coe would be Both. fun, we too. Can, we can give one to each side. It'd be fine. All right. Everything. All right. Well, that wraps us up for this week. Um, we will be returning in two weeks' time with Matt Rossi, and we'll be talking about the Tomb of Sargeras audio drama and whatever else happens to come up between now and then. So thanks for listening, you guys, and we will see you in two weeks. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.